Hello and welcome to another episode of The Potato Files. I am your host, Jeff Paul, sometimes called the human potato of comedy. Not a nickname I gave myself, but I'm rolling with it. Uh, my guest today is comedian extraordinaire, Mr. DJ Demers. How you doing there, buddy? I'm fantastic, buddy. It's going good, DJ. <laughs> DJ is a, is a comedian. Where'd you grow up? Kitchener, Ontario. Kitchener, Ontario. Cut his teeth in the Toronto comedy scene, and now he's living the high life down in Los Angeles, California. That's right. So um, let's uh, let's just dive in here, buddy. This is I'm going to ask you a bunch of stuff about your life. I'm very... Very guarded, so I will give you nothing. Okay, good, good. That's what we're hoping for. If you could give us as less as possible. I was born last week. <laughs> I remember nothing I'm, before I'm that. I'm Benjamin Button. I'm actually getting younger right now. I woke up with several passports in my possession. Same picture, different name. I'm trying to piece it all together. There was some chick without kidneys and ice in my bathtub. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> DJ, for my listeners who don't know, uh, not you're legally deaf, but you can hear. I don't know what to explain. I don't even know if legally deaf is a term. Yeah. You know, there's legally blind, but I don't know if legally. I wear hearing aids, so I'm hard of hearing. Hard but of I'm hearing. not like capital D deaf. Capital, like people yeah. who are full deaf, that's like capital D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You get all the uh, the easy benefits of uh, being, uh, uh, can we use the word disabled or no? For sure. Sure. I don't care so what you, you get use, the disabled really, yeah. benefits. What benefits are we talking about I don't about here? fucking Tell know. Me what these benefits are Do you get better parking disabled? for being deaf? <laughs> I wish. I I'm wish. just parking a handicap. I get, like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I get a raw deal, man. I don't get anything. <laughs> well, no benefits. No benefits. Um, and this is, uh, you were born with this condition? Uh, they don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I started wearing hearing aids when I was four, so... Okay. But my mom noticed it when I was like three or four, so probably. How did it come out? Like you, you just problems like developing speech, stuff like that? Yeah. And I, I just, I had tubes put in my ears like 10 times when oh, I was okay. young. Uh, not 10, maybe like six or seven, but they would help me here and then they'd fall out and they would get like law of diminishing returns. They wouldn't help as much each time. So by the time I was like four, my mom dropped a phone book behind me on the floor and yeah. I didn't turn around. And that was when she was like, okay, this kid messed up, dude. Mm -hmm. So she sent you off to some weird place to live and you never saw yeah, her again. I never saw her again, yeah. <laughs> but I hear she was a sweet lady, yeah. <laughs> she did what she had to do. I hold that's, no that's, grudges. Hey, hey, that's what you do in Kitchener. If you, yeah. can't, uh, <laughs> if you can't man the fields, you gotta go, kid. Right. Very similar to China. <laughs> I'm just lucky I was a boy. Yeah, exactly. I would have gone somewhere totally different if I was a girl. I don't want to get into it, but I wouldn't be here. What's, what's life like growing up? Mom and dad, a happy marriage? couple or yeah they split up when i was uh in grade seven okay then they got back together when i was in grade nine oh. then they split up again when i was in grade 11 the dream was dead oh yeah <laughs> but uh no my childhood was very happy yeah yeah i don't siblings? have any negative memories at all hmm? siblings yeah two older sisters and uh they're both still around in Oakville, Ontario. Nice. They moved on to Oakville and they got families. I got four nieces and a nephew. Parents are both still in Kitchener. They're divorced, but they live like a two minute walk from each other. They still communicate? Ah, uh, not really. They're not like, they don't hate each other, but it's amicable. But my mom avoids my dad. Yeah, because my parents, they don't. They'll be in the same room together. They won't even look at each other. Like, yeah. it's a weird, weird dynamic. It's really weird how you can spend that much time with somebody and then it's just done. Buddy, I'll give you a crazy story. When uh, my niece was born, my dad went to the hospital and my mom was already there. And from my, I'll tell you the story from my dad's perspective. He goes into the hospital room and there's my brother's wife. She's in the bed and there's a woman in a chair beside the bed holding the baby. And the woman said, 
would you like to hold her? And my dad's like, oh, no, all sheepish, you know, no, I don't, don't want to break her. And the woman's like, this is your grandchild, hold your grandchild. And he's like, okay. So they do like the exchange and everything. And then this woman says, uh, my brother's name's Kevin, just had the kid. She's like, Kevin wasn't this quiet when he was a baby. And in my dad's head, he's like, how the hell does this woman know what Kevin was like? And then he looked up at her and just kind of looked in her eyes for like, it took him three seconds. And then he's like, that's my ex-wife. And how like, did he not? It'd been so long. He, he hadn't what? looked at her in 20 years. Wow. Or like 15, what, however long it had been. Like he, like he wouldn't even acknowledge the fact she was in a room and just completely put her out of his mind. But they were together 19 years or something, 20 years. Why, why did it end? Cheating or anything or just growing um, apart? Or? There was their speculation. Mom, I uh, like to uh, like to have some fun, mm. um, but uh, she listens to this, so I'm not going to uh, delve into that. <laughs> we all uh, like to have some fun, Mama Paul. Um, I don't know. It was just it was a miserable, miserable relationship. Like it was it was to the point when they broke up. I was going into grade eight, grade nine. I was starting high school. It was the summer I was starting high school, and I was so happy. I'm like, finally, this fucking shit is over. So It's funny how many parents stay together for the kid, but if they just talk to the kid, the kid would be like, no, no, <laughs> I know you'd be yeah, great. No, I would love you over there, you over there, and I'll play the fucking two of you yeah. like you wouldn't believe. Just play one <laughs> off the other like an asshole. Yeah. No, I remember when my parents got back together, I was like, huh? <laughs> but life's great. Yeah, yeah. We're having fun. I see dad on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he uh, when he split, did he did he stay that close? Like they're two minutes away from each other now, but like yeah, they've they've always been in Kitchener. Yeah, like but in it the same neighborhood. Minutes, but no, not two minutes, but like ten or fifteen minutes. But yeah. I went through a period where I didn't really see my dad much. I was just kind of like, nah, I don't need to see him. Mm -hmm. Now I've gotten older, and uh, after like university, I was like, nah, I got to see my dad more. But the thing is, I'm very similar to my dad. And I never wanted to admit that, where I never saw that. And I just hung out with him this past weekend. I was like, God damn it, I'm the exact same yeah, as my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the demise of your parents' relationship? Was it cheating or was uh, it just... My dad doesn't like to work. <laughs> so he's he hasn't worked since I was little. He gets by. I don't know how the hell he does. Yeah, my mom's like that. She gets by. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, how? You know what I mean? Like, I work, I make money, and, and I'm even like, where's my money go? I don't know. If I was unemployed, I don't know. For 25 years, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. But uh, but then they got back together because he got a job, and he's like, I got my shit together. And then within, like, 10 when, months. When he did work, what would he do? He was a truck driver. Oh, my dad drives truck. And then, yeah? Uh, he drives uh, a bread truck. Like, it's not like long-haul trucker. It's just a overnight, like, bread deliveries and shit. Yeah, my dad delivered food, too. Not long-haul. Wow. That, eh? Wow. Well, we are just quite similar. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I feel bad for never wanting to talk to you before, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, We so, could have been then, such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> too late now. I know. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, he just didn't like working, and then he might have been having some fun, too. Yeah. No, it happens, eh? I guess so, you get, yeah. uh, you get no job, you get a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I want time for fun. Uh -huh. What about uh, religion growing up? Was there any of that nonsense? Uh, Catholic. I went to a Catholic school. I went to church, but... You too? Catholic school as an altar boy. I wanted to be an altar. When I got confirmed in grade eight, I, my priest was like, this isn't just like some weird like ceremonial thing. This is real. Like, you are professing your god to or your devotion to god all over again right mm -hmm. now and he said that and it really struck a chord with me i was like i need to commit myself more i want to become an altar boy and my mom had heard all about these altar boys being <laughs> molested and all these horrible things so i went home and i was like mom i want to be an altar boy and she was like 
Absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm so happy she said that. Great, because I, I became an altar boy in grade five. Wow. And it was uh, like the the generation of altar boys before me had gotten too old, so they were recruiting. And the only reason I did it was uh, um, my cousin had just died, and he was, uh, he was 17, died in a car accident, and mm. I was like 10. And just, you know, you don't know what the hell's out there. And that's when actually when we started going to church for a few months, because... Mm. Uh, I don't know. I think my dad was looking for answers too, but we yeah. never found him there. But then I, uh, we family stopped going to church and I was still stuck being an altar boy. Oh, man. <laughs> so my dad used to just drop me off and then like go, I don't know, if you'd go visit somebody or go to a bar, have a drink and then come pick me up in an hour. Tell me if you find any answers, son. <laughs> <laughs> but it was never like, cause I would just, I was just in and out. I wasn't involved with the church. I wasn't there on Saturdays, like, uh, helping out in the rectory or anything. Mm-hmm. So like, I, what a name. Rectory. Yeah, yeah, it's great, eh? <laughs> um, but my uh, the priest I served under, uh, he was just sentenced yet again to another prison term for molesting kids in the 70s. And he didn't molest, like, anybody you knew or no, you? Nobody I know has come forward. And like like I said, like, because I was so, like, not involved with the church mm-hmm. that it was just... Um, I wasn't there to get fucked, you know? Hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe he slowed down by the time you came around, too? Maybe, maybe. Because all these allegations came from, like, the 70s that he's been uh, arrested for, so. Man. Maybe he just used to sit back in the 90s. Isn't there a statute of limitation? I don't think for shit like that, man. Really? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Touching kids, there shouldn't be. I don't know. I thought there was. statute of limitations, is that even in Canada? I think so. I thought that might have been an American thing. I don't know. So, you're saying, like... In, Amer- in Canada, 50 years goes by, you think you should still be able to charge somebody for something? Well, it depends what, what the crime is, man. I, I think it's really weird about the Nazi guys who get caught now when they're like 100 years old and they're like, we gotcha. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> they're 100 years old. I know, they're about to die. You yeah. They could have been rotten in prison for all these years. But yeah. uh, that is funny because you think you got away with it. And then like, oh, yeah. you're just living it up on a beach in Argentina. And then all of a sudden the Honest, war crimes officer show I up. I barely remember like a week ago, like for real, barely remember <laughs> it. So if I murdered some people 70 years ago, <laughs> I would be able to deny that so plausibly. Like, no, no, because no way. I'm telling you, I did not do that. <laughs> I've lived in Argentina my whole life. But saying the whole thing with a German accent, yeah. like, but you hear yourself, right? You're calling them all Jews. <laughs> Um, so no religion, well, a bit of religion. Was it like, did you go to church every week? Like, yeah, but up until I was like, I don't know, great. When my parents put up in like grade seven, I think we'd already probably stopped going like the year before. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My parents didn't really, my dad will like say a prayer at dinner right now. And we're all like, we roll our eyes because he makes a big show of it. <laughs> He's like, our father. And then he like starts mumbling. We're like, you don't even know the whole our father. You. The first time I uh, went to church sober in years, uh, like, cause I, I used to go Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we'd have some drinks and stuff, and I'd, I, I'd I'd always show up late on purpose, just so I wouldn't have to sit down. I could stand at the back, me and my brothers, and I would just crack jokes the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like, because we got a huge, huge fucking Irish family. Like my dad's family's got seven kids in it, and they all mm-hmm. have wives and kids of yeah. their own. So it's a big family, and they'd it'd be like three pews of of Pauls, and then me and my brothers just hanging out in the back. And then one year I showed up. I came from somewhere, and I was stone sober, and I sat beside my dad in one of the pews. And they're, when they're doing that, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of the Father, you know that weird fucking chant they do? Yeah, yeah. I just like, it was so monotone and it was Christmas Eve, so like the 
place was wall to wall people like standing room only and it was just like 500 people in this weird like i believe in jesus and i just like i'd never heard it like this before and i just looked at my dad i'm like i'm never coming back to church again like right in the middle of it he's like okay (laughs) it's weird i don't ever want to go i was at a wedding like last month and a good friend and her husband they got married but the priest was like and so under the eyes of the lord you are now a whole Mm -hmm. and i was like why don't you tell me why this is important to them? These two people, like under the eyes of the, yeah, like, yeah, shut yeah, the yeah. Fuck it's it's up. the I did the I did had a Catholic marriage and or Catholic wedding, and it was forty five minutes in a heat wave, no fucking air conditioning in the church. It was bad. The best wedding I just went to one this past weekend. That when you get a pretty casual reverend or officiant, mm-hmm. and they're just like so. Jim loves Lisa. <laughs> Here's what this means for Jim and Lisa. Yeah. Jim and Lisa are going to love each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a sacred bond. And I'm like, I get this. This seems like a real thing as opposed to like, and so, and they tell some parable like, and then Ezekiel said, I don't know. I can't yeah. remember any of them. It's like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything right now? Pucks. Especially when the couple, like my sister got married in a Catholic ceremony. And when the couple, when you know them and you know they're not religious at all, I'm like, why are you doing this right now? Mm-hmm. Like my sister- well, I wasn't her- religious at all. It was my grandma wanted that. Mm-hmm. And then she, she called me a week before my wedding. And she's like, you better be sure of this because the Catholic church only allows one marriage. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, grandma. I'm 25 years old. What the fuck am I sure of? Yeah. And then when it when we broke up, she like called me and she was like, I told you so. And I'm like- what the fuck? <laughs> You're harping on me because my wife cheated on me? <laughs> Is that why you guys split up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like father, like son, huh? Hey, man. We, uh... I'm sorry. I know your mom listens to this. I'm sure you're a lovely lady. <laughs> I meant no offense. Uh, my brother, uh, his girl cheated on him. I was Paul boys. We just, uh, we just love to buy a woman a house. That's, that's all we want to <laughs> do in life. <laughs> it's a very noble endeavor. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's your school like growing up? Like, uh, so f- you get the hearing aids at four. Yeah. You get teased when you're a kid about those or? Oh, I, I never went to school. My mom thought it would be best if I just stayed at home and. Homeschooled? Uh, no, no, oh. no. I <laughs> didn't get schooled at all. I don't know much. Uh, no, I went to school, Catholic school, Catholic high school. I didn't really get teased at all. No? Or you just the couldn't easy hear it. joke is. Yeah. Jeff Paul making the easy joke. Uh, no, but I, I didn't really get teased. I don't know why. But um, maybe I did and I just kind of brushed it off. But I always had a pretty good sense of humor. I was always decent at sports, so that might have helped me. Mm-hmm. That's weird, uh, because uh, like I used to date a deaf girl, so I know s- some struggles that deaf people go through, but she had no um, inner balance, like uh, equilibrium, because yeah. like I guess that's all in your ears, and she would just fall over. She drank a lot, too, so. Yeah, that <laughs> but, like, she would just like She would just lose herself and like fall over sometimes. Well, she was a different case, because she lost her hearing late. Yeah, yeah. When she was like 20 or 21, right? Yeah. So I had mine since I was young, so it was just kind of my reality. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something I had to get used to. Or I got used to it very young when things, when it's easy to get used to. So I never really had a balance problem. Yeah. I never really had any problem because it was just my world. I was like, I wear a hearing aid. Yeah, you you grew up in it. Yeah, so I never really, my parents normalized it. I didn't meet really any other deaf kids. Like, I don't remember any other kids at my school wearing hearing aids. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of weird. I didn't feel like I wore hearing aids. Do you, um, if you meet somebody, like say you're, you meet somebody now with hearing aids or is it just like, hey, let's talk about our hearing aids or is it just... Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's funny. I've embraced it. 
Like I used to like kind of be like, ah, I'm, a, I'm my own guy. I don't need to be a part of a community. But now, uh, especially since I've done like a few kind of public appearances, people reach out to me with hearing aids or they say my son wears hearing aids. I'm a mom or I'm a dad mm-hmm. or my daughter wears hearing aids. And it's kind of uh, doing comedy has actually made me connect more with being mm-hmm. a hard of hearing person. So it's actually been kind of, I never expected that. It's been a kind of cool byproduct of being a comedian. Um, my uh, My ex said she was kind of ostracized because she had lost her hearing so late yeah the deaf community is weird man they'll find any reason to yeah they're like, you. they're like well you're not really one of us so they're like we grew up like this you're just she's like, well i still can't hear <laughs> yeah yeah it's a big thing it's weird to have an, a community like that that feels like they're being excluded from society yet they still try to exclude other people like i don't belong in the capital d deaf community because i wear hearing aids mm-hmm. i don't do sign language so there's so many reasons for them to be like nah you're not one of us well, I always, uh, I always wondered if there was like a hierarchy of the senses disabilities, like if deaf people hated blind people, like, <laughs> like blind people couldn't stand people with no sense of smell. <laughs> we actually don't even acknowledge that blind people are a real group of people. <laughs> <laughs> we just give them the finger when we walk by. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The canes, we believe, are purely aesthetic and... Uh, no, um, I don't think there's a hierarchy. I don't know. <laughs> it was weird because, like, um, I had like I've got five solid minutes in my act about deaf jokes. I would write them with my ex, and I'd be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Yeah, and she'd be like, "Well, say that part with a really bad deaf accent, you know, like make it really offensive." But she was like dirty comic too, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I retired those. <laughs> you got you got you got to let those ones go, right? The thing is, is if you have that personal experience, I think it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. and you're a nice guy, so everyone's like, ah, this guy's coming from a good, kind-hearted yeah, like they, place. It gets they people could get that it was a joke, and like, didn't like nothing about the jokes were hateful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Chrissy, your ex, I don't know if you haven't said her name. I don't know. Nah, whatever. She uh, doesn't. She, she doesn't went listen. through a, a rough time. I saw on Facebook she's doing good now. Uh, she's blocked me completely out of her life. So really? I, yeah, I don't know what's oh, going man. on. She I know had she had a crazy surgery. Yeah, I knew she had a brain tumor and yeah. a big surgery. And then, uh, but she's, uh, she's bouncing back though. Seems like it from what I've seen on Facebook, but it looked like a crazy yeah, surgery. She had like 25 staples out the back of her head. Yeah. yeah. One of those surgeries that, that as horrible as it sounds to say, like when I saw the pictures online, I like took a moment to be thankful for how good like yeah, my yeah, life yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, um, like, because this is, hers was a genetic disease mm. that, like, her siblings also lose, lost, her brother's already lost his hearing. Her s- twin sister is within the next couple of years. Carrie? Oh, uh, yeah. that She's losing her hearing, Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a family thing. Like, it's a genetic, like, disease passed oh, on man. from, uh, it's called NF2. And it's passed on from their mom. And uh, what but happened? Her mom didn't have it. She like didn't. She, she didn't know she had on. it. And then she had her. She had her brother. Uh, the he was firstborn, and that's when they found out. And they found out he had it. So she went and got her tubes tied, and then ended up getting pregnant after her tubes t- got tied. And uh, she was she was on the abortion table, and then was like, "No, I can't do this." And whoa, yeah. And then uh, went home and uh, had twins. And uh, but like. The, th- the whole thing about the disease is it's supposed to gradually come, but then Chrissy got sick um, early 20s. Yeah. Like, and it was like, boom, it happened in like two to three weeks. 
but she like she had a rough time and like she was going she had to go through chemotherapy in high school shit like that she's uh, uh but she's all she always had a great upbeat attitude about yeah. life and everything so i'm yeah, glad like she's Chrissy. doing better and i have no ill will towards her so why she blocked you um it was just uh not a fun relationship we we're in like it was a it was it was always explosive and just like a lot of drama but it was all a lot of her and I'm like, hey, man, I don't, I'm not in for this, you know? And, and she would just, she'd always fly off the handle. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to fight. I don't fight in relationships, you know? Yeah. And, and then, I don't know, I'd always keep her at bay and like, you're not my girlfriend, but she's like, well, I don't have to be your girlfriend, but I'd love to still spend time with you. And you're like, okay. And you just, and then she'd kind of like get her way back in. And then mm-hmm. she'd find out I'd like be seeing somebody. And she's like, what do you see? I'm like, you're not my girlfriend. Like, you're just, but it was just uh it was a fucked up time. It was like mm-hmm. two years of a crazy, crazy relationship. And then she never really minded when I was seeing anyone. Uh, but then I I kind of like, when I started seeing uh, Kira, who I'm seeing now, um, I was like, I hadn't seen her in a few weeks. And she was like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. You, she's like, you got a new girlfriend or something? And I was like, actually, yeah. And when she found out what it was Kira, she got pissed. Like she didn't care about any other girl I was dating. It was, but when she found out it was like, a good girl because <laughs> you know like you, she didn't know any of these other fucking skanks or whatever the hell they were <laughs> i was seeing at the time uh but when she found out like i had like a chick with her shit together and everything mm-hmm. that's when she lost it because she's like oh this is this is Serious. actually yeah this is competition you know? yeah. and then uh so since then we haven't uh haven't really talked at all i think she came and did my show once and she was like oh, hey, yeah how are you and then that was it but i don't think she does comedy anymore no, I. I mean, I'm not in Toronto anymore, but I haven't seen her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is supposed to be about you, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're a good student. Yeah, great student. Actually, had good marks. Valedictorian. Valedictorian, eh? In grade eight and grade twelve, yeah. Did uh, I take it? You went to a nice university then. Yeah, went to Laurier for business in Waterloo. And what? Uh, what did your parents think when you decided to give all that shit up and chase this crazy dream? Well, I graduated, so I, I decided, and like I did uh, amateur night in second year and loved it, and I was like, I'm gonna do this. But I knew I was spending my own money on university, so I, I was already two years deep. I didn't want to not finish mm-hmm. it out so finished it out and then when i did i told my parents this is what i gotta do but even my valedictorian speech in grade 12 i had a joke about how i wanted to be a comedian and my mom said how about business school and i said okay that works too <laughs> so even as far back as high school yeah, i wanted yeah. to be well, a that's comedian. What I, I wanted to i just didn't do it till i was almost 30 you know you, you're just your brain can't process like can i actually do this yeah and i i didn't know where to do it i didn't grow up in toronto or anything yeah so, like I'm, I'm from a small town we didn't have open mic night yeah, yeah, I'm from Kitner. I drove to Toronto for the first amateur night at Yucks that I did. But yeah, they didn't really care because I had kind of made pretty good choices up until then. So they were like, you sound like you've thought it through. Yeah, and okay. it's, but and then even at the time, we're like, well, you still got your degree. So yeah, if and, it doesn't work out, then come back to this. And I think they kind of thought that's what would happen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They're kind of beyond happy that they're like oh you're actually making a living at this cool mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so yeah i don't really have that familiar story that you hear like my parents said you shouldn't do this but i did it anyway <laughs> they were i was like i'm gonna do this and they were like okay and i was like oh okay <laughs> oh shit i gotta do this now <laughs> this isn't rebellious at all <laughs> <laughs> dad can you make me a few jokes here man was your dad a funny guy very funny but he's like totally 
not unintentionally funny. He said he's a very simple man. He he'll talk to anybody. He's like very gregarious, but he's like so embarrassing. You know, like what, yeah. he's just the most embarrassing guy. But I've learned to embrace it. But like we'll be in a public place and like he'll meet a guy and within like a second of meeting him, just like be like, oh, so you lost all your hair there, bro? <laughs> like he'll find a weakness and just immediately go for it. Yeah. And some people respond to that negatively but then some people are like hey, sure oh, did yeah, yeah. And, then, and then now you have an open dialogue with a stranger see <laughs> so your kid lost his hearing too <laughs> yeah, yeah. well that actually kind of gave me a thin thin skin a thick skin because my dad i always knew he loved me but he was willing to like we'd play basketball and he or hockey and he wouldn't let me win and then he'd be like you're gonna lose i'm gonna beat you and then he would beat me and i'm like oh i guess i gotta get used to that but it was always in in good yeah, you know, good fun. Yeah, but. he wasn't fucking just slamming the ball down <laughs> yeah. in your face like, take that, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even now, like I saw him this past weekend, he'll just say things he knows exactly what to do to get under my skin. <laughs> Nobody gets under my skin like my dad. Yeah. Everyone else, they'll say something I don't agree with. And I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. I'm not, I'm not even going to comment. But my dad will say something. I'm like, you son of a bitch. My uh, my dad, he always uh, he's always the first to fire on me. But then uh, I'm like, okay, dialogue's open. Let's do this. Because my dad looks, he's got the same body shape as me. Uh, he's just, uh, his potato's been baking a few more years. You know? it's, uh, it's, got a, it's got a few extra scoops of sour cream. I gotcha. <laughs> my dad's an obese man, but he's like... Very solid and just a barrel of a stomach. Mm -hmm. Like, right. he was really built when he was young, and then just the belly just Yeah, good. my dad's mostly gut. That's his, uh, but he's like, his, uh, his arms and shit, he's like, a, he's like, he's been hauling food for 40 years, you That's know? Right. Lift, a lot of lifting. Yeah, that bread ain't gonna <laughs> lift itself. But he's, uh, I don't know, he, he likes a good joke, but he's never come to see me do stand up. Never? Never. And he, he like, he's pretty much flat out refused until he's like, no, I'm not going to come. But he loves telling jokes and he loves getting the reaction. And I'm like, this is exactly why I do this, dad. And I'm like, why didn't he come see you? I think um, because like my dad was a really shitty, he was a good dad in aspects, but a shitty person. <laughs> I don't know. He was just, he fucking, he had a temper growing up. He flew out the hand. He still has the temper, but now it's just like, you can be like, okay, what are you going to fucking do? You know? But yeah. like, um, so it was like, there was never really a, a tight bond until like the last 15 years. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, but he thinks that if he's in the crowd, I will attack him for being the man he used to be. And I'm like, I don't fucking care, man. Like yeah. whatever. So it's uh yeah he's he's scared to come <laughs> hmm. my dad did uh in 2011 i was nominated at the canadian comedy awards for best newcomer mm -hmm. it was me eric andrews rhiannon archer dylan gott and matt carter from ottawa eric andrews ended up winning but anyway we we all put on a show at comedy bar we're like we should celebrate this these nominations so we put on it was like my first big show in toronto all the all the nominees for best newcomer at the canadian comedy awards put on a show at comedy bar my dad came out first show in toronto that he had come out to watch and uh, he got kicked out for heckling <laughs> i was up first he heckled me but i was just like dad you know i hear you good to have you out <laughs> shut up you know 
And then after my set, I didn't really watch the rest of the show. You know how Comedy Bar is. I was having drinks yeah. at the bar. And then all of a sudden, I see somebody. There's not even bouncers at Comedy Bar. I see somebody, an employee of Comedy Bar, who ended up be, becoming one of my friends, Dan Gallia. He's leading my dad out of the showroom. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, what the hell happened? He's like, they kicked me out. <laughs> and Rhiannon and Archer was on stage. My dad just gave her an answer she didn't like to some crowd work she was doing so then they ended up getting into it and uh they ended up kicking my dad out Uh, so after that i was like dad when you're at one of my shows you're an audience member you don't say a word (laughs) and he learned he doesn't anymore my mom comes to anything i do in the niagara area and then uh, she actually when i was headlining the downtown club she she took the bus up to see me she's very supportive of it but Mm -hmm. she's seen me so many fucking times she could probably do my act yeah and uh i was doing a show a couple weeks ago in st Catharines, and i started going into this like one of this i got this really fucking dirty abortion joke and i i heard her in the audience she goes oh god i hate this one like the start of the joke (laughs) (laughs) well then just get out of here mom But yeah, she was drinking. I'm like, what are you drinking, Ma? She was like, cranberry juice. And I was like, just cranberry? She's like, well, there's vodka in it. I'm like, what's with the cranberry juice? I'm like, got a little pussy problem going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she, everyone's just like, oh, but I've like, my mom's got no, like, no filter. Like, I can go at her. Like, yeah. I uh, I made a joke one night. My brother heckled me in the crowd. And I uh, I did a joke about having a small dick. And my brother heckled me. And I was like, sorry, we weren't all, we were all blessed with mom's jeans in the penis department. And my mom was in the back of the room. And I'm like, oh, everyone's like, oh. I'm like, I, I'm not saying my mom has got a dick, guys. It's just a really big clit. And fucking just got a huge pop from it. And she, afterwards, she's like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> but like even uh, Hunter Collins one time went at my mom. Yeah, when they roasted you, right? Yeah, uh, that was the second time he went after her. The, uh, the first time he went at because. The bar was rowdy. We're in this bar in Niagara Falls, and we couldn't control the crowd. Was it during the icebreakers? No, no, no. This is way before that. And Hunter just went at her. It's like saying her by name, calling her Nancy. He's like, "You guys ever seen Nancy's cunt?" And he's just like doing all his cunt material, like the <laughs> color cunt swelo, because her cunt swelo, you know. <laughs> and uh, and she just she takes it with a grain of salt. She's, she's like, she gets its jokes and. Oh, she's a she's a fun time mom. Cool. Mm-hmm. Shout out to is she Miss Paul or does she have Nancy a Van Trite? Van what now? Van Trite. Van Trite. Yeah, good Dutch girl. Ah, Nancy Van 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 Trite. Okay. Yeah, cool. Hey Nancy, how's it going? Oh, she'll be friending you on Facebook as soon as oh, this thing nice. comes out for sure. <laughs> Can't wait to see that big clit in person. <laughs> she uh, she I won't accept her friend friendship on Facebook and. Uh, she was like, she called me. She's like, why can't we just be Facebook friends? I'm like, I go, we'll only be friends if once we become friends, you do a search of our mutual friends and then delete every single one of those. Because she's like, goes after my friends and all that shit. Like, yeah. But I don't know. She, uh, she's an old lady sitting at home. She likes a computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, what uh, sports are you playing growing up? Hockey, baseball, basketball. Those were the big three. Yeah. Hockey and baseball, like, prof- not professional, competitive. Basketball, just out in the driveway yeah, all the it, time. Uh, how uh, how hard, or uh, how high do you excel in hockey? Like, travel hockey or how Yeah, yeah. Like, I played triple A baseball and hockey till I was, like, AAA. 15 or 16. Yeah. And then I just 
you know, girls and... Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah. That's why you play AAA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped. And then work. I started working when I was 15 and everything. But what, was I, your, what was your first job? I worked at Play It Again Sport, oh, selling sports selling gear. Selling yeah. jock straps, eh? Yeah, yeah exclusively. <laughs> They're like, DJ, you know you can get out of the jock strap section. I'm like, nah, I'm good here, guys. got one on your face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't even sell used jock straps. Where did you get those? <laughs> you bring in a box? I'm starting my own stone department over here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I worked there for like three and a half years, man. It was great. Yeah, that would be fun. My first job, I was a, uh, I collected the shopping carts at IGA. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd nice. love to say that would also be fun. Funny, but just walking around the parking lot, I'd be smoking butts out there. A little you weren't a pothead though, kid. were you? Um, I, I dabbled in and out when I was a teenager. Like, uh, I, I, I guess I smoked a lot of pot when I, but it was Are like. you a pothead now? Yeah. You I host get, that show. I always wonder how much you're smoking since you're there all the time. The thing is, I do. I smoke probably daily. Uh, there's probably a couple days a week I won't, but it's very rare that that happens. But it's mm-hmm. not like I don't live my life like a pothead, you know? I like, gotcha. I don't, uh, I'm not an activist. I don't fucking care if it's ever legal. That like, stuff, I'm, ah, oh, man. I've been deep in the pot scene since I started. I, ho- I used to host it underground, clandestine, it was called back then. Uh, I did Vapor, a lot of Hotbox, all these shows. But the people who are activists, I'm like, do you really want to make this your thing? Yeah, like, fuck, just enjoy just it, it, man. Yeah. It's, you're not having a hard time getting it now, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. Like, it's very easy to get it. Yeah. And uh, even, like, it's to the point where you can just smoke in the street and nobody cares. Like, I remember, yeah. like, when you first start, you're fucking hiding behind the high school on a Saturday, you know? Yeah. Like, But yeah, I, I guess I'm a pothead, but I'm, uh, I, I don't, I'm not a burnout. But it is... Not yet, no. No, no, it's coming. <laughs> I do like uh, like an edible at night, watch some movies, and then... At just, night? Yeah. Oh, man. Edibles mess me up. I just never know what I'm getting with them. I like My, my thing is I, I eat an edible um, on my walk to the movie theater, and then I smoke a joint, um, so I'm high from the joint. And, and then, then the edible I, kicks in yeah, when, when the I, joint's wearing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, and I'm settled oh, in, yeah. and I got my fucking nachos with the double cheese, because oh. I don't do salsa at the movie theater. No, 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 no. 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 What is that, vegetables in that salsa? Give me the chemical cheese, please. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I ask if you're a pothead, I had a buddy who worked at, uh, oh, I forget what grocery store it was, but he's one of my best friends. I think it was Sobeys or something, and uh, he would smoke pot all night long at his job, and then he ended up getting fired. But his parents didn't know he got fired, and he didn't want him to know, so he he would just come to my house and we'd just hang out for four hours if he was supposed to work from five to nine. Long after he got fired, we'd just smoke pot all night, play video games. <laughs> and then at like quarter to nine, he'd start putting his Sobeys uniform on. And then go and home? <laughs> it, no, he would go because his parents picked him up from work. <laughs> so he would go hang out in front of the grocery store. And they'd come pick him up, like, how was work? He'd be like, oh, it was good. And then finally, after like four months, they're like, where are your paychecks? We haven't seen them in a while. And he had to tell them. But yeah, he'd be hanging out in front of the Sobeys and his old co-workers would be like, what, what the fuck th- are you doing here? <laughs> Just lying to my parents. Don't worry. I'm not coming back to shoot up the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I uh, were, So you were smoking a lot of pot as a teenager? Or? I got into it when I was like 16. Yeah. Yeah, I got into it. I just... Uh, like I was, I think I was more of a drinker as a teenager. Yeah, I liked um, I liked both. I liked them both, but it was like to the point where like you can only afford one. Yeah, uh, when you're young, so I th- not everybody has that play it again money. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I was I was just hu- hucking fucking shopping carts around, you know, <laughs> not a lot of cash in that. 
I, I liked both a lot, though. But I remember when I first started getting big into pot, feeling like this is the greatest thing that's ever. Like I loved pot. I, I still I, like I, pot, I love but. it to this day. I just uh, like I don't know. I I've never I never see it as it's not. I don't need it. Yeah. Like I like it because it's just I don't know, man. Fucking reality is boring sometimes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I I still love it, but I also know I've. I've been smoking it for, I'm 31, I've been smoking it for like 15 years now. I know when I've been smoking it too much and I kind of ease off. And then I've met enough older potheads who are just gone mentally, they're just gone. Yeah. And that's always a nice warning for me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> slow down, dude. Yeah, I, uh, there's some edibles I do that just, like, I'm drooling. And I'm like, oh, God. I've had edibles that just wrecked me for, mm-hmm. like, that night and the next day. So edibles always worry me now. I'm like, what am I getting here? Yeah. Was it uh, just doing pot growing up? Did you ever get anything harder or no? No, I never got into Coke. I, I, I've i done mushrooms quite a few times yeah. in my life. I love mushrooms so much. I did mushrooms last week. They did were, you? Oh, they're great. <laughs> mushrooms are the greatest. The greatest 20 days of my life have all been on mushrooms. <laughs> For real. I love mushrooms. I uh, I was up at my cottage uh, with my brother and I surprised- Cottage mushrooms? Yeah. The greatest. Yeah, I surprised him with my mushrooms because like, he's a dad. Uh, okay. When's the last time he did these? He's like at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was basically like- uh, it was just me and him in the woods, and I think we were just like, we were standing by a fire for four hours, but not really talking and looking at each other, just surveying everything around us for mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I just did that like a month ago. I was in, uh, I had a gig in Arizona, and my girlfriend and I drove from LA to the gig. I did the gig on the Friday, and then two nights after that, we just camped in the middle of Arizona, like Red Rocks, like around Sedona. Beautiful red mountains all around us. We did mushrooms in the middle of the desert. Dispersed camping. So we were like by ourselves in the middle of the desert. Very jealous right now. Oh, dude, it was fucking, and she is new to mushrooms. She did it for the first time last summer with me. So we're doing mushrooms just in the middle of this desert. And the fire, when you're on mushrooms, you can look at fire (laughs) for four hours straight. And then there was a moonrise at like midnight. All of a sudden behind the mountains, the moon started rising out of nowhere. Yeah, we got that too last week oh my god one in the morning it showed up the only thing that sucked about it was it took the stars away but yeah it came up and it was bright orange and just uh, fucking high as fuck you're like oh my god this is great yeah those are the moments where i'm like i could die right now i'm okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. the first time i hadn't done mushrooms in like it, it was at least a decade and then i ran into a buddy at a, a concert at the amphitheater uh, a few years back and he just pulled a bag out of his crotch and he's like, want some of these? And I was like, yeah, actually I do. And uh, just had them at the concert and fucking just remembered how much I loved them. Yeah. I did them one time, went to Taste of the Danforth. That was a mistake. Yeah, that doesn't it's sound like the people. right environment. Yeah, and way A food, a too food many. festival on mushrooms? Like, I can't eat something that looks alive. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this steak sandwich like, what the hell is it? Yeah. I, I took one bite, I chewed for about five minutes, it felt like. <laughs> and then I, I, it was so hard to swallow it, and then I just threw the rest out. I'm like, I can't fucking eat on shrooms. No, I can't. I always make the mistake of going to a restaurant on shrooms. I eat them, <laughs> and then I just did that a couple, or like a month ago, I was in <laughs> so like anything, with- sir, just a lot of water and for you to leave me alone. <laughs> Do you know Andrew Packer? Mm-hmm. He was split middling. Uh, oh, no, he was middling at Absolute uh, Comedy in Ottawa. I'd never really, I'd met him before, but I didn't know him. So we hung out all weekend. And uh, good dude. I like him a lot. But he had mushrooms on the Sunday. And we're in Ottawa. I, have, I don't know anybody there. And he's like, you want to do mushrooms? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so we do them. And then we walk around for a bit. And we're like, let's go to this restaurant. And then the second we get into the restaurant, 
they just kick in and neither of us are hungry. And we're at like a fancy French restaurant for some reason. And that's like the third time I've done that. I've done it with my girlfriend twice too, where I do the shrimps. I'm like, sweet. And then we're in a restaurant and all of a sudden, boom, your world changes. And you're like, why the fuck? And you've already ordered. So you're like, I have food coming right now. Oh man. Restaurant, any, t- any place to public, like people around, that's not Remember right. One time, the moment the shrooms kicked in, me and my buddy we were getting slices of pizza. And it just we're sitting in there waiting, and you just start feeling it. I I always feel it in my mouth first. I'm like, oh, something's weird. Yeah. And then I look over at him, and he's like, got the fucking crazy eyes. And then uh, we get our slices, and he went to like dress his up or something. But the asshole before us had loosened the uh, loosened the the lid on the um, the chili peppers. Yeah, and they just all poured on his pizza slice, and he was just like, just started peeking, and he was just like. Pour, he just put the thing down, folded the slice in half, put it in the garbage and walked out. <laughs> and then I brought mine uh, w- back to our buddies where we, and I, I just, it sat there all night <laughs> and I'm like, I can't, I can't eat that. <laughs> Did you ever get into the uh, coca? No, man, I was not, uh, um, I don't know. I, I knew myself and I knew it would be a very dangerous road to go down. So I was I'm like, the exact same. I'm so happy I never got into yeah, that. Yeah, like man. a lot of my buddies were getting into it and like a, like a few of them fucking went down hard and I was just like, yeah, man, I can't fucking, I can't live that life. No, no, I'm very, my mom was worried about that when I moved to Toronto for comedy. Mm-hmm. She was like, don't get into the cocaine. And I never really <laughs> saw it. Yeah. I've seen it in the last few years, but. Well, that's the thing, like once you're, you're, done university moving to toronto you're like mom that you should have given me this talk when i was in high school you yeah know? <laughs> yeah you have no idea the situations i've been in the last four years i should be dead yeah yeah but um no i never got into that i've just i like the fun drugs i've, I've done mdma a few times i've also had a great time yeah, on n- that. i have never done mdma i uh i did a lot of acid in like grade nine and ten i've never done acid and then uh i, I haven't done it since i was 15 it was the last time was I, it great though i've heard it was a lot acid. of fun man it was like uh mushrooms on crack i guess you know like it was cheaper and you were more high and it lasted longer than mushrooms really but it was like uh I don't know. I always hated the feeling when you're coming down. You always like, just drained of serotonin. Yeah, you're yeah, depressed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I don't know how many years left I got in me, even for mushrooms. Like they're fun, but I don't but know. the thing I about mushrooms is it's not like a, a every weekend sort of thing. You know, no. it's uh, every couple months. And yeah. It's got to be. It's situational too. Yeah, you got to be with a good group of people. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta plan it. We uh we all went um. May, May long weekend, a bunch of us went up to the cottage, all comics, and uh, eight of us. And that I was, get it, Jeff. You go to the cottage <laughs> with other comics. But, uh, but um, poor Christoph, he, uh, he, he had to go. He went and laid down. We, we couldn't find him for like an hour, and then we we're like calling his name. He came out, and we're like, you okay? And he was just like, I've been trying to hold off puking forever. But then did he get good? Because I've had those he, he, where you're like, no, oh, he this came sucks. back after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the case. If you do shrooms with a big group of people, one person's always getting the yeah. ride. But I've never stick. had a bad trip. So, like, I don't know how to deal with somebody on a bad trip. I honestly just tell them to breathe because I've had bad trips. And if I just breathe and really focus on it, you can get through it. Well, I've always been able to tell myself when I'm too high that, well, it's just the drugs. Yeah. Like, you're not going to die right now. It's just you think you are because you ate too many fucking edibles and yeah. you're just too fucked up, you know? Yeah. But uh, I've never, like, had a paranoid freak out on anything, so. 
No, me neither. I've I had, had a, a friend good who thought we were going to kill him on weed. Just a joint, not even edibles. <laughs> in university, he was like, we're driving, we smoked a chain. He was like, drop me off. We're like, why? He's like, let me out of the car. We're like, why? He's like, I know you're going to kill me. <laughs> and we're like, are you serious? Like, we're all high. We're like, you kidding me right now? Like, I know you're going to kill me. And we're like, okay, dude, we're just going to pull over here and we're going to uh, drop you off. Just a sec that we're going to drive around this corner and then we're going to kill you. Because we're just having fun with him. Like, That's not fun. I've never seen, before or since, I've never seen somebody actually think they were going to get murdered on weed. That's fucked up. Did you ever uh, hear the um, the 911 call of the cop who took yeah. weed from the evidence locker? Yeah. He's like, we're, we're going to die. We're, uh, we, ate, we ate some pot brownies and everything's moving really slow. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said, I think I'm dead. Yeah, I think he yeah. said, I think then, I'm dead. And then he lost his job. <laughs> My God. But yeah, that's that. you deserve to lose your job. For sure. Like if... If oh. you're a cop, you should have to have done every single drug. I'd be good. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> My ex-wife was a cop. She did a lot of fucking drugs before she became a cop. Really? Oh, yeah. Your ex-wife was a cop? Oh, did yeah. she cheat on you with another cop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, what are you going to do, eh? <laughs> Just move on, dude. Yeah, you Move can't, on. You Talk can't, about her on a podcast you can't 10 go, years later. You can't go punch, her, punch this guy in the face. He's a fucking cop. <laughs> You could. You'll just have to deal with the consequences. Exactly. But whatever. He's, fuck, she's his problem now. Are they still together? Yeah, they got their second kid on the way, so good for them. Oh, wow. It, was, uh, it wasn't a total loss. Doesn't it feel like the cheating's almost more justified if, if they end if up they staying stay together? with the person? Yeah. No, fuck. She found the guy she was supposed to be with. I had an ex who cheated on me with a guy, and they're married with a kid now. Two kids, I think. So, so I mean, it's the way it's supposed to be. Hey, man, fuck. What are you going to do, eh? If... People, the heart wants what the heart mushrooms. wants. Yeah, I'll just go do mushrooms. I don't need you and your cop fucking boyfriend. <laughs> I had neighbors growing up who were cops, and uh, when they had different shifts, and when the wife would leave, the guy would, his ex or ex-wife would come over, and he would bone her. And his then, ex-wife? Yeah, and then we'd see her car leave like a half hour before his new wife, the cop, would get home, and then Jesus. they'd be together. And I was... You know, I had plenty of time on my hands. I was in eighth grade, so I would just watch it, and I would notice the pattern. I had a buddy who became a cop, and his dad was a cop, and his dad was taking him to his first cop party. And he's like, "I got to, I got to talk to you before we get there. Cops, uh, all cops have girlfriends, and tonight's party, that's who you're going to be meeting." And it's uh, this is his dad telling him this. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> girlfriends on top of their wives." Yeah, you yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, another uh, another guy, he was getting married. OPP guy is stagging dough. All the cops brought their girlfriends, and then they brought their wives to the wedding. So it's like, really? yeah, you tell the wife it's just a stag, not a stagging dough or whatever, you know, buck and dough, whatever the hell you call it. And then uh, they would bring their girlfriends and then bring their wives to the wedding. And so is the wife, like the woman getting married, she's at the buck and dough? So she's yeah. not saying anything about the fact she's seeing all... I don't know. I guess it's up to that guy to be like, well, I wouldn't do that to you, you know? Yeah. So. What a world we live in. Yeah, it's... Uh, fuck, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a very loyal man these days. How about you? Are you loyal to this girl? I am. Yeah? Good. Very good. Loyal, you got in yeah. trouble with one a couple years back, I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble. What are you going to do, eh? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's... Uh, Hey, what things, are you going to do? Yeah, things happen. Fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be diplomatic about the, but yeah, yeah, things are good now, man. I'm, uh, I feel settled. Good, good. Mm-hmm. How long have you been with this girl? A year. Yeah. Yeah? she the one? I think so. That's good. 
I think so, man. I, I mean, if you can get a girl to go to the desert and do mushrooms with you, you hold on to that girl. <laughs> she's great, man. It's, uh, I think so. I really, I gotta, I gotta figure it all. You know, the thing is, when I'm, at, I come from a divorced family. My mm-hmm. sister got divorced. I see it so much. I'm like, even when I say, yeah, she's the one, I'm like, there's a part of my brain that's like, really though, dude? Well, I gotta get rid of that because I, I love her. She's awesome. So yeah, I think so. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, uh, I, Kira, I'm, I, I want to marry her. I, I'm pretty sure she's going to say yes when I ask her. So I think that I'm at the point now because I'm, I'm a lot older than you. I'm like, well, I'm 37. Like yeah, 31. six years older. Yeah. And I've been married. By the time I'm 40, if I get married again, then I think that should be it. Like, I don't want to go fucking running around. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, what's out there? Yeah. <laughs> you got a you got a good girl. You love her. She loves you. Like, what, mm-hmm. are, you, what are you hedging your bets against? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there's someone better. There's nobody better. I'm fucking, I'm happy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Good. Everything's good. I'm happy for you. Well, I'm happy for you, sir. Because that's <laughs> what it's all about, eh? <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> let's get back. To, so, well, on the topic of girls, then, mm-hmm. uh, you start uh, you start getting a little action in high school, being a nice, uh, good-looking hockey player? Yeah, I guess so. I never really was, con- even though I played competitive hockey, I don't think my reputation was a hockey player. I remember people being surprised I was a hockey player in high school, because I was also on, like, student council. Mm-hmm. I was, like, smart. I'm doing air quotes right now, yeah, but, yeah. like, I, I, was, I did well in school and stuff, so... I don't think that was, like, my number it, one reputation. I had a, a buddy of mine. He was, uh, like, a very great athlete. We grew up together, and he was... Uh, was he valedictorian? He, I don't know. He was very smart in school, and he's, like, he, he he's very successful in life now, too. And um, But he was one of those guys who was the, the smart kid jock, you know? Like, he was just one of those all-around fucking golden boys that yeah, us yeah. fat kids hate. <laughs> <laughs> But I was friends with all the fat kids. <laughs> I, I just tried to be nice to everybody. I mean, that changed <clears throat> after high school. I hate most people now. But uh, <laughs> I had a girlfriend right away in like grade 10. I skipped a grade when I was young. So I, ah. was, the, I was like in ninth grade, I was like the age I was, should have been in like grade eight. So my first Which girlfriend. Which grade did you skip? I skipped grade one. Went from kindergarten to grade two. They had me in grade one. They had me doing grade two work and then... They were like, if you push yourself, you can move ahead, and you didn't push yourself. I, I and had, so it began. I had my friends in this grade, yeah. and I didn't really like the older kids. Yeah. Um. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm good here. Yeah. But I then had I no then, friends. And then I was like, like you bunch of morons, I'm leaving you. Yeah. Well, then I had, uh, and then I don't know, my like when I was really small, I was a good student, and then I just when I grew up, I just. I was the same way in university. Like, first year, I was like, I'm going to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you looked at my marks, like, on a chart, like a graph, it would be a completely linear, like, first year, like, A, GPA, second year, A minus, third year, <laughs> B, fourth year, <laughs> yeah. C. Like, I just cared less and less. And by the time I was done, like, I didn't nev- like, I never wanted to do school again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I increased, even high school, first year, grade nine, I was like, I'm going to be amazing. Then by grade 12, I just figured out how to work the system and be nice to teachers and yeah, yeah. all that. So, yeah, I cared less and less about school I as went, time went on. My, uh, I went to community college, well, Fanshawe, yeah. broadcasting school. So uh, I was just, I was a good student in college. Like, I was a really good student in college. I fucking, I don't know how I managed to get through high school. Like, I had a teacher. I had his class, first and second period, same classroom, same desk. For a semester, and I never went to both those classes. 
and it was either I'd miss first period or fuck off second period and like just and then uh the day before report cards are due I came in and I just put a 40 of whiskey on his desk right in front of him like good morning sir and he's just like morning Mr. Paul and he just grabbed it didn't say a word put it in his uh put in his uh drawer I got two C's <laughs> really yeah <laughs> no way but I used to drink with my teachers after school like underage no way we would go to a bar together and we like what town is this Niagara Lake wow and it was that's just crazy. Like, my, I had an ex-girlfriend that's from Niagara on the lake. Do you know the Hamiltons? Um, we, I think we had this conversation. I knew the brother or something. Uh, the older brother, Brad. Yeah, yeah, He'd be yeah, around yeah. your age, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we did have this conversation. Uh, but yeah, I remember one time, me and this one teacher, I had this old 88 Jetta, and he had like an 86 Volkswagen Fox. And they were the same color and just both pieces of shit. And we used to race Fridays from the high school to the local bar. And the uh, loser would have to buy the first round. <laughs> I remember one time we were on the road and he, uh, there was traffic stopped in front of me. So I, came, I stopped behind the traffic and he whipped past me on the shoulder, giving me the finger. I'm like, you're my fucking teacher that we're going <laughs> drinking with. And it was That's just, amazing. Yeah, small towns, man. <laughs> After I graduated, I played shinny hockey a few weeks with uh, all the teachers that I used to, that used to teach me. And my first girlfriend, we weren't together anymore, but she was pretty cute. And uh, I remember being in the dressing room and one of my old teachers, I had just graduated. So like, it's not like this is a long, it's, I'm still really young. Uh, one of my teachers is like, are you still with the uh, Ivana girl? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, uh, how were her tits anyway? <laughs> They're so big. Were they smooth or veiny? Or, Just and I'm big like, balls of mush. <laughs> oh, and I'm like 17 in the dressing room with this 50-year-old man. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right uh, now? Too funny. Veiny? No, they were smooth, dude. <laughs> our, our, um, our high school uh, commencement, yeah. graduation, it was weird because we'd, um, we'd always come back in November after we, like, so it was like you'd come back from university or whatever to have commencement. Like, it wasn't at the end of the year in June. <clears throat> and it was always a big party, and we'd always, like, go to this one bar, and we'd close that down, and then go to another bar. And this one year, I was just working this girl that I had never really talked to all through high school. And it, that night was, like, the first time I talked to her, and, like, Oh, she was drunk and getting really dirty talk, and we were making out in the bar and everything. And then one of the teachers ended up taking her home. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and he just like blatantly scooped this girl from me, and because uh, she was drunk, and he gave you the finger while he did it. Oh, no. like, God damn he, you! He gave me like he he kind of gloated the fact what he was doing because like uh, she was like telling him how she she was like I was always attracted to you as a student, and he's like oh yeah, and then fucking end up taking her home. And then they would uh, meet every year at commencement and hook up again. I think he was a married man too. So, but wow. uh, OPP rules. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, when I started dating my um, my ex wife, I was still living in Niagara, and I saw the teachers one night at the local bar. That uh, it was like parent teacher night. They all went drinking afterwards, and uh, I came walking in with this girl. And this teacher like looked her up and down. He's like, "Nice, so you stay the fuck away from this one." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a guy at my, a teacher at my school, he was a pretty good looking younger guy, maybe like 25. He definitely boned a few girls. He started dating when the second she graduated. <laughs> Fucking greasy, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I get that that would be hard. I try to bang. Don't do it. I tried to bang this one teacher I had fucking constantly. Like, and I was so open about my intentions with this one. 
and like every Friday, like class would end and everyone would like go out and I would like stick around and be like, so what are you doing this weekend? You know, like just blatantly hitting on her. And she's like, okay, Mr. Paul, let's go. And then I remember uh, a couple of years later, I'd left that school and I ran into her at a bar in St. Catharines. And I was like, I think I was 18 at the time. And uh, she was giving me the eye, but I was there with a, with a girl at the time. And she, the girl's like, who's that girl? I'm like, she used to be my teacher. <laughs> Wow. Like, and the girl could see, she's like, well, she looks interesting. You know, I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Man, that would be a dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a weird dream, but it's a dream. I didn't have a lot of hot teachers, so this was like, uh, this one would have been nice. Mm. I never even really tried to hit on hot teachers. It didn't even cross my mind that that would be a real possibility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, now, like, uh, in retrospect, because I think we were sheltered from the news of the world back then. Like, there was no internet, shit yeah. like that. So Our parents weren't telling us, hey, did you hear about yeah, this yeah, dude yeah, yeah. who fucked this teacher? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, like, looking back, I'm like, fuck, I could have banged a few teachers maybe, you know? Like, they weren't lookers, but I'm sure they wanted some <laughs> attention. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? What could have been, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Someday, someday, I'm going to go back to a high school and fuck a student. Who knows? I don't know if my high school has a reunion, and I don't know if I'd go if they did. My high school's closed down. Really? Yeah. One of my elementary schools was closed down, but it was like it was like junior kindergarten to grade four, and then I had to go to the next school. It was four to eight, but then mm. they made the one school like kindergarten to grade eight, mm. close the other one down, and then the high school just closed down a few years ago. The Curse of Jeff Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think every yuck yucks you've ever performed in the Curse Center. <laughs> Will be shortly. <laughs> um, I, I went to three different high schools, and actually two of them are closed down right now. Wow. Yeah. The only one that's still standing is the Catholic school, but now the government doesn't want to pay for Catholic students anymore, so they'll be closing down soon, too. I agree with that. I don't. Like, I don't... Uh, you're still sending your kid to school. You're still paying for an education. Well, I think the whole point of that, and I might be wrong, but the whole point was in the beginning, the government subsidized for Catholic schools because they wanted them to have a chance of surviving against the public schools. And then they ended up being becoming so big, but they mm-hmm. still got that money from the government. Yeah, and yeah. now it's like, why are we paying you? You guys are huge. I think. Well, I think it should be... They. I think they should get as much money as the public schools because yeah. they're still teaching pretty much the same curriculum except that one fairy tale course they teach mm-hmm. um and then uh but you're still learning your math and all that you're still going to high school yeah who knows i didn't like you wearing a uniform though you have to wear a uniform yeah i loved it i liked it for the fact that it didn't matter what you wore yeah and then uh did the girls wear kilts oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Our school was so funny because I don't know who designed it if they knew that there was going to be uniforms, but it was a there's something called a floating staircase. So from the second floor to the third floor, the staircase just jutted out into the middle of an open forum. So if you're sitting down in the forum, which was a huge main part of our school, and you looked straight up, you could see up every girl's coat. So whoever designed that, I mean, we were always, yeah, yeah, we were like, thank you, anonymous there, there architect. Was, when I, the public high school I went to, there was a, a girl who wore uh, skirts, and we knew her, we knew her schedule, and we knew what door she'd be coming out of on, like, in the stairwell, and it was like, she'd be coming out of the main stairwell, and we'd be like, okay, and we'd make bets on, like, what color are they going to be today, boys, and, because uh, she always wore skirts, and always little sexy panties, and... So, just reminiscing on the old high school girls. Let's, you know what? Let's just end this and go fuck some young girls, eh? <laughs> 12, 13, what's, what's your, what's your flavor? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
I'd say right now I'm 31. My minimum, if I was single, would probably be 22. 22? I, I, my minimum is um, uh, how many... I, I, I won't go lower than the amount of years I've been sexually active. And like, how long? So, that's what's I, I'm, uh, say, 2015, I lost my virginity. So, I can't have sex with a girl 22 years younger than me because she might be mine. You're 37. Yeah. 37 minus 15 is 20. Yeah. Okay. That's solid, solid logic. <laughs> I lost mine when I was 14. I'm 31. Oh, bragger. Look at this guy. Six, 17. Were, I, can't, were you, I can't go younger than 17. <laughs> that would be perverted. <laughs> or did you lose yours in a tent with somebody sleeping beside you? <laughs> did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I lost mine on Christmas Eve and my girlfriend at the time, I, I had broken her leg a week earlier. And then I you broke her hymen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the old one-two punch. But yeah, I, I had sex with her with a in a cast with her leg up in the air and her whole family in the kitchen, one floor below. <laughs> mm, memories. Can you determine how loud you're being while fucking because of the? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can hear. I'm talking to you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can hear. Actually, if I have my hearing aids out, I can't really fuck. No, I need to hear. It's such a big part of sex. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying this? I can't really tell by your face right yeah, now. Yeah. I need to hear. When my 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 deaf sex, uh, she would she liked it from behind, but in front of a mirror, so she could see what I was doing back there. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> make make sure I'm not calling my friends. <laughs> You'll never believe what I'm doing right now. She has no idea. She has no idea. Yeah, I'm fucking her right now. Here, I'll slap her ass for you. <laughs> oh my God, is that a joke? Do you do that? Um, I I think I. I didn't really do that, but that was actually, that was a true story. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I don't know. My, my jokes about it were weird. Like, just fart. You guys, I remember when you were together, you guys really went at each other. Like, even she would oh, go, she she'd would get go up on stage. Hard, she'd go at you hard, I'd be like, is this actually love or do they hate each other? <laughs> I remember I took her down to a show in Niagara and, uh, she just fucking, like, just lanced me for like, 10, 15 minutes just to roast on me. And I was like, thanks, that's my time. And everyone was just cheering for her. I'm like, that, she, she really she got me good. <laughs> yeah, I always I tip my hat to Chrissy because I can hear the laughter. I don't know how you'd do comedy not hearing that laughter roll on. You wouldn't even know when to start up again, how long to pause. Well, she... If uh, a joke's even doing well. She hated uh, dark rooms. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine. But I think a room where you can see at least the front row, I think that's a good enough gauge. Yeah, you can, yeah. But yeah, the the timing was always a bit off sometimes. The best was her in the audience uh, with, like, her sister would come and do sign language for her. Mm -hmm. So her jokes, her her laughs were always, like, a couple seconds delayed after everyone else, and she had a loud fucking laugh, Yeah. I've done a bunch of shows with an interpreter on stage. It's a really interesting challenge because you have to wait for two waves of laughter. Yeah, kind of yeah. cool. It's a big ego boost. You feel two times funnier. But do you do, you do a lot of uh, shows like that? Like, um, yeah, I perform for quite a few like hard of hearing organizations. Yeah, and, yeah, I'd say uh, I don't know how many, maybe ten or twenty a year. Mm-hmm. And you're done with cruise ships now. Would you do a couple years of that? Uh, yeah, I did them for a couple years. I haven't done one since last October. Okay, I, I'm not going to say I'm. You know, never say never. Was it good money? It's okay. Did you get your own lodging? Yeah, but it's just tiny little one bedroom, like single bed, mm-hmm. like dungeon type. It's not fun. Do you get laid a lot on those? 
when I was in a relationship. Oh, so, so yeah, yeah, you were a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, were you allowed to party and stuff? Like, like were these? Yeah, I mean, were they crew, party cruises? Well, no, I mean, there's a, a lot of older. Some cruises have younger clientele, but for the most part, it's older or married. Or did but, you t- see Graham K's parents? No, I saw the pictures he put up. That was amazing. Well, they, so this guy, Graham K., just for the people listening at home, uh, his parents, they accidentally booked a spring break cruise, and the pictures were insane. It's just like a like 4,000 <laughs> spring breakers and then Graham's 65-year-old parents. <laughs> but they, Graham said that there was like, there was a group of, like, they weren't the only two. There was like a... There was like a, a little section of... Your travel agent has to tell you. Yeah, that's bullshit. But yeah. But the crew bar is where all the crew goes at the end of the night, and everybody's partying. Is everything all inclusive for you? Like, they fed you, or you had to buy the your The meals drink? are free, but the booze is like a buck fifty for a tall can. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, it's not bad at all. It's dangerous. Because you have nothing to do all day. Mm-hmm. Because you can't really... You don't want to talk to the passengers... Yeah. So basically, I'd work out during the day. Other than that, maybe I'd work on my material. But and how long would the stretches be? Uh, five days, usually five yeah. to and eight days. You'd go. What would you do when the boats would go in port? You just you go hang out and see what the port's all about. But that's boring. You're by yourself. You're not. Yeah. It was all pretty shitty, man. It's like so. People are like, that must be fun. Nah, it I, sucks. I don't have enough clean material to do something like that. Well, I have to do one family show and two adult shows. So as long as you have a half hour of clean material, you can make it Get work. Get away with it. Um, I looked at uh, of when I was getting divorced, I wanted to fuck off. And I looked at, because I, I t- took broadcasting school, I looked at being a videographer on cruise ships, like doing weddings. And the, the downfall was they were going to, like, there's going to hire two of us and we we're going to have to share lodging. And I'm like, I can't go live in a box with somebody that I don't know. That's another thing is so many of the crew members are sharing cabins. Mm-hmm. So if you have your own cabin, that's very appealing to them. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, how, uh, what'd you get? Uh, you got Conan before America's Got Talent, right? Mm-hmm. You got Conan through Just for Laughs? That's right, yeah. Nice, nice. Winning homegrown up there? Mm-hmm. Nice, good for you. And then uh, how, do, how do you come across the America's Got Talent? I was doing a 10-day stretch in Kansas and Missouri. I was doing a bunch of colleges out there. And I was driving through Kansas City, and there was a convention center in Kansas City that said, Open Auditions, America's Got Talent. And I didn't have a show that night. so Oh, so you just went in blind? Yeah, I just... Uh, uh, I thought like you, like you had an agent or something. It was just no, you. No, I just went good. into the Open Audition and, and performed for producers. There was like a 1,000 people in there. You know, all wearing their numbers, all sorts of weird talents. Did my first minute for three producers in this huge room, just three producers. And they were like, we like you. Uh, and then they sent me to another room. I performed for three more producers. And then I performed for like the executive producers after that. And they said, okay, we want to send you to the first televised round. Uh, so, yeah, I just... You did one, one round televised? Two. Two, two. Was, yeah. that, was Stern on one of the judges that year? No, no, Stern wasn't there last year. It was Howie Mandel, oh, okay. Mel B, Heidi Klum, and um, Simon? Simon. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Stern fan, so I was about to be jealous, but now who gives a fuck about Simon Cowell? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would have loved to perform for Stern for sure, but I love Howie Mandel. I'm I'm cool. Like I'm happy that I was able to. Yeah, perform I remember for watching it. And I remember he was uh, he was a big fan, so that's good. Yeah, he was really nice. So was Simon. They were, I mean, it's all a big fucking construction. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to put any, the second round, they didn't like me. So I can't, 
I can't put any more weight into them not liking me mm-hmm. as I can to them liking me in the first round. It's all I'm competing against like twelve year old prodigies who can sing and play ukulele. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thirty one years old. I tell a few jokes. Whatever. It was mm-hmm. just a fun thing to do. Nice, nice. Does it open any doors for you though? Yeah, I mean, I moved it's to America. I got my green card, and I did America's Got Talent right around that time. So it. Uh, it's pretty good timing. Yeah. The one weird thing is, the cool thing is I do shows all over, even in Canada. People come up to me after and they say, we came out because we saw you on America's Got Talent and we loved it. I feel like because that's such a short set you do on America's Got Talent, they might not know the full me, yeah, yeah. the real me. Like, well, like, his three minutes was great. And then like, if, say if you tell a dirty joke, they're like, well, we didn't expect that. Or we, even like, I have, a, I have a bit of a dark worldview, not too dark, but I'll get into some, and uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, oh. and they're, they, they saw your three minutes on national broadcast television. And yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. But it's still cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, a credit. Everything helps, man. Yeah. And you're doing good down there? You got representation yet? Yeah. Yeah, I got an agent, got a manager. It's going well. I haven't been there too long. I've only been there four or five months, and I've been on the road a lot, but... And you... I had met this girl you were with. Last year, you had her up in Toronto, didn't you? Probably. Yeah. I think so. she Asian? Yeah. Yes, I did meet her. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. she's coming out to your show tonight, so... Oh, nice, nice. meet her again. Giddy up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's uh, it's good. I think we're going to wrap this up, man. Let's wrap it up. But uh, everything's going great. You're happy. Tell the people where they can find you, but keep in mind, this will come out like next month. Well, I'm in LA. I'm doing flappers in Burbank. I'm doing flappers in Claremont. Okay, well, keep in mind, um, nobody outside of this... Um, neighborhood listens to this podcast <laughs> i'm doing nothing in canada just find me on the internet find, yeah give, give us your socials and uh then we'll let you we'll let you out of the beautiful never sleeps network studios here dj demers so dj d-e-m-e-r-s and that's my name on twitter instagram and uh dj demers comedy Every, everyone knows how to google and um one thing i'd like to say dj uh one thing uh, that bugged me when we first met. I never, I never had a problem with you having hearing aids, but you had a man bun for quite some time, <laughs> and I think that's probably why you never got the invite to the cottage. <laughs> well, I haven't had the man bun in quite some years, and I still haven't gotten the invite. So it sounds like bullshit, but that's fine. It's okay. That's okay. Hey, a, a, the stink of a man bun takes years to go away. <laughs> you know, uh, you can make fun of the man bun all you want, but not a day goes by that I don't miss that thing. So much. <laughs> Uh, well, man, I'm so glad uh, we got you on here, and uh, you know you're always welcome next uh, at the cottage. You want to come to the cottage, buddy? You come to the cottage, I'm man. Busy. <laughs> um, but uh, guys, go get out there, check out DJ. Um, if you're around tonight, you keeping in mind this coming out. Yeah, like keeping in mind this podcast was recorded weeks ago. Uh, but DJ will be doing dope in my comedy tonight at the Underground Comedy Club, where I am every single Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check me out, Jeff Paul Comedy, on all those fun social things and all that stuff. But that's it, man, guys. I uh, had a blast, DJ. Thank you very much for coming in. And we will oh kisses. And uh, <laughs> fuck, we'll see you on the uh, we'll see you next time, buddy. Thanks, everybody. Nigel Williams for the Pocket Dwellers is going to take us out of here. Goodbye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 